Welcome to Theatre Club. We bring you theatre reviews, theatre news, and theatre booze. So, welcome to Theatre Club podcast. If you've listened before, you'll know I'm Oscar. And I'm Alice. And we go and see theatre in London. We talk about it, we talk about shows we're excited to see, and we make a themed cocktail usually to celebrate one of the productions that we are talking about in the episode. And we hope this brings you some slow glamour to your humdrum, boring <laughs> lives. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and anyone who knows where that line is from... Gets a prize, right in. You get a prize, your humdrum. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> This week we will be talking about shows that I haven't been to see because I've been on holiday, but Oscar has been to see. Don't jump on the table or sound sorry, hard on the sorry. mic. The collaboration at the Young Vic, Small Islands at the National Theatre, and we can both talk about the Gypsy concert that we went to oh, see at, at Alexandra Palace. Palace, which yeah. is a one night only extravaganza. Gala, darling. They didn't really roll out the red carpet, but we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> So let's have your top tip for this episode, Al. So do you remember many moons ago, we always used to do the National Theatre Friday Rush. Every Friday at 12, we would try and log on, get in the queue, and they would do £20 seats for a few shows the week ahead. And it was always so stressful because you were at work, I was at work, and we'd be running around trying to like duck out of meetings to do it. They're now doing Friday Rush £10 seats. Ooh, even better. Even better. And one of the shows that they're doing is The Ocean at the End of the Lane, which I know... I'm dying to see. Yeah, I don't actually know anything about it. It's based on Neil Gaiman book, and um, it's a dark fantasy play. That's all I know. But it was started at the National. And then it transferred to the West End because it did so well. It looks really cool. Mm -hmm. The reviews have been amazing. So at 1pm, if you log on to the National Theatre's website... Go to the Friday Rush landing page. You will be put into a queue. A timer will count you down. And then at 1pm, those £10 seats for that week's performance will become available. That is a good tip because I was going to book my tickets through the Today Tick Rush, which is a daily rush lottery for Ocean at the End of the Lane, which you do at 10am. And the tickets are £25. So it's obviously better that they're 10 But also what's good about the National Theatre one is you have a pick of the following week. You don't have to do it on the day. That Friday you can pick. Do you know what I mean? It's quite nice to do it in advance and yeah. get it sorted. I'm really... Okay, um, I am. Because you, you were telling me you wanted to see it. Now I'm like, now I want to see it too. I've heard nothing but good things. Okay, I'm going to put a reminder in our phones that we need to Let's do this. Let's do it this Friday. Friday, 1 Let's o'clock. try and do it next week. Okay. Okay. So tell me about what you've just been to see at the National Theatre. Oh yeah, so I went to the National. You were supposed to come, but you went to Mexico instead. I know. Sorry, on my multi-city, you know, break, living the life. But you know... I know, I've not been away anywhere and you've been away You've had had that new eco-laundry egg. How's that working out for you? (laughs) Oh yeah, you gave me that eco-laundry egg. Um, 52 washes in that, baby. I've used it a few times. It seems fine. My clothes don't stink. Does it smell nice? It doesn't give a lot of scent. Okay. But I don't mind that though. Friendly. Yeah, yeah, nil do I. Back to the National. <laughs> so I went to see Small Islands, which I had originally booked tickets for in 2019. So this is a play that has already been on at the National in 2019. It's based on a book by Andrea Levy. And it's been adapted by Helen Edmondson and directed by Rufus Norris artistic director at the National Theatre and it was a huge success back in 2019 I couldn't go for some reason I can't remember why now and it was really annoying and now they brought it back to the National to the Olivier Theatre stage back by popular demand so I was like I've got to see it this time we booked tickets and yeah it was brilliant so this is all about well it's about three main characters so we have um, Hortense 
who is a Jamaican woman or Jamaican girl when we meet her, who has been sent away from her mother to sort of get a better life, to go live with a cousin. And so that's one character. It's about her aspirations. She wants to leave Jamaica. She wants to become a teacher. We then have Gilbert, who is also Jamaican, and he leaves Jamaica to come and fight in the Second World War. And he wants to be a lawyer. So he's, he's looking to sort of come and live in the UK. And he sees the army as a way of doing that because they promise him that if you fight in the Second World War, you'll have citizenship in the UK and you can stay here and create a better life. And then the third character, the third kind of main character is Queenie. Mm -hmm. And she's a Lancashire girl, or yeah, I think she's from Lancashire, works on her family's pig farm and she wants a better life. And her aunt gives her the opportunity to come to London and work in her sweet shop. And so she moves down to London, meets a man and sort of ends up in a marriage that wasn't what she thought it was going to be. So those are the three characters. And it's one of those plays where we follow each one and then the stories cross over they interlock and they're all leading towards something the similar themes and it's a sort of sprawling we meet Hortense when she's younger we carry on all the way through the second world war it's one of those big lovely sort of sprawling stories where it really takes its time to navigate through these three characters and show us how they're all going to eventually interlock and come together and it's just, it was really brilliant. It's just a great story. The three characters all have their, it's like seeing three different amazing plays. Each story is equally strong, equally is interesting. And then they interlock in a way that feels very organic. It's I've, got just, a, I've got a question. Yes. Talk to me about the music in it. Because I remember a friend going to see this and at the end of the show, they were doing a musical something, whether you got to listen to the soundtrack or... There was something to do with the music. Is there is there really good music in it or a live band? or? Uh, there's not a live band, but there is actually, I was going to mention that, there's lots of music throughout it. It's really well scored. Um, so there's a lot of music that plays underneath it that scores it, which I felt brought a really cinematic quality to right. it. that must have been it. And then also there is some singing. So there's um, a couple of, there's definitely a moment at the end of the Second World War when we're back in Jamaica where all the townspeople sing some Jamaican songs um, there's a bit where they sing some kind of gospel churchy songs. So yeah, there's some live singing. And it's what is also really nice about this play is it's that thing that The National does often in these plays where there's a really big cast, but some of them are barely do anything. As in, you've got all your main characters and then when they arrive in England, there's just so many... They're basically extras, which I just love about The National that they can afford because you can't really do that in a long-running play, have a cast of that size, but because their shows are meant to run for a set period of time they can obviously kind of afford to do that. So there's just big crowd scenes that you think, wow, these they've hired these actors who aren't really doing anything other than making London feel bustly and big, and then they're off, and then we don't see them again. Um, and the movement's brilliant. It's got the revolve going. It's The projections work really well. They're really simple but really effective. The set just feels very professional when it flies in and out. People come up and down from the stage, but in a very slick way it's just like a really classy play um it makes me want to read the book i know i never read but you read a book once i read a book once on holiday <laughs> but yeah it's just a really good story you're fully involved from start to finish at the interval you're just desperate really to get back in and find out what's going to happen to these characters there's some really like obviously tough issues because when they come over um on on the wind rush it's obviously not all plain sailing when they get to you know that obviously throughout the whole thing sadly that when mm-hmm. these dreams that when they get to post-war britain they're not going to be welcomed with open arms um mm-hmm. so there's some tough bits but they really keep it light the performances 
are incredible across the board. Everyone feels really authentic. Um, Have they brought a lot of the cast back that did the original run, do you think? I don't know. From I, I don't know, actually. I should have checked that. But looking at press photos from both productions, no. I think it's mostly new cast. Oh, right. And I wouldn't re- there was no weak link in the cast at all. Everyone was really good. Really funny. Some, like, really big laughs in this play. It just... You know, like, when we went to see All My Sons at the Old Vic, or just, like, a classic play. This will be done again and again, I think, throughout time. Because it's so well-written. Such a great story. Five stars. Yeah, five, five stars. stars you play. Can, yeah. yeah, just like a perfect play. Yeah. I just loved everything about so, it. We were all... Obviously, I was in Mexico um, living my best life, so I couldn't go and mm-hmm, see it. But do you think mm-hmm. I should definitely... Yeah. Definitely if, go and see it. Yeah, if you... And I, we've seen... We kind of saw a few musicals at the beginning of the year. Big mm-hmm. big showy musicals. Yeah. Dirty Dancing, Moulin Rouge. So it was really nice to go see a play and just like a... Not a boring one, like a proper, exciting... But grown up, interesting, funny play. Modern as well. You know, when something's like mm-hmm. well written and modern, it kind of yomps through. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, yeah. when you go and see like these older plays. Yes, because this is three, just over three hours, including an interval, but it doesn't feel particularly, it doesn't feel long because the story is sweeping and big and it's covering a large period of time. Um, it kind of just, it's like one of those great films that is quite long but you kind of go with the story the woman in front of me was like sobbing at the end i could hear her like <gasps> really <laughs> yeah it was really an emotion it's very mm-hmm. emotional ending because you just um you've got to know these characters so well you know when you feel like oh when you look at hortense at the beginning and at the end how far the- she's come yeah. you've gone on that full journey and that really gets you in an emotional place because you feel like you know her so whatever happens to her at the end you're like oh i, I can see where she's mm. come i know everything she's feeling so talk to me about your seats. So we got £20 seats. So the first three rows in the Olivier, I think they come in and out, depending on the production, how far forward the, the stage stools. is, in the stools. So the first three rows are sold at £20 because they are classed as narrow and restricted view. Uh, the view's not restricted. You're really close up, but I really liked that. I could see the actors' faces. I felt like I was in it. But the narrowness of the seats, so there's no armrests. Like we said the other day for Wuthering Heights, similar in the Littleton similar situation those front seats they are narrow and you can't put your feet out there's no um the chair in front drops all the way to the floor oh so your your knees are fully bent all the time so if you're a taller person maybe absolutely not no it was quite uncomfortable fear found who i went with um Mm -hmm. she found it quite uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as well so i don't know i did really like being close up however if you were going to book i would say get a cheaper seat in the circle because when we saw Hex recently in the circle, that was a great distance to be. And although you won't see facial expressions in this, like I did up close, it's a big play. They use all the stage and the performances are big, not in a um, in a over the top or anything mm-hmm. way. But it's a big uh, show that's full of life, full of big characters, big emotions. You don't and need it to will, be up close. No, it will, it will send out. They've really filled that stage and... I think, anyway. Okay, well, that's that really good. A, I'm going to book further away. I had away friends then. in the circle and they loved it. They said their seats were really good. So back of the circle, there's £20 seats as well. I'll do that. And I think that's probably better than being uncomfortable because it is long. Although, what's the availability like? Um, it's 
There is availability. You can do the rush on a Friday. And there are also, there are seats. I just had a look for the end of the run. This runs until the 30th of April. And I had a look and there were plenty of seats on the second to last performance, for example. So you can get seats if you try and book now. Um, I'm going to talk about another play that I saw. And you can do what I did for that, which is call on the day and get a return ticket. Because people are cancelling theatre because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Not only because people are catching COVID, but do you feel like post-COVID people are very much... Everyone's kind of realised, actually, if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. I feel like people are into cancelling plans now in a way that people weren't before. Well, I think before it was like bad form. Whereas now when someone's like, oh, they're not coming, you just go, oh. Oh, yeah, they're not coming. Because like, yeah, I'm going to work from home today. Yeah. Like, even if it's the weekend, that's (laughs) how I'm doing it. Um, So I feel like there is just, I don't know, that's the sense I'm getting. There's more opportunity for seats return seats 2022 is the year of the flake yeah it's the year of the flake (laughs) um but i yeah of course every and anyone who's seen this or read any reviews since 2019 knows that this is a great play oh it's had incredible reviews it was everything it's everything i hoped it would be so just to reiterate small island is on until when 30th of april and you can get your seats on national rush friday rush on the Mm -hmm. landing page or you can just get them online yeah there are some available Yes, if you look through, there's plenty. And I, oh, if you're under 18 as well, you get reduced price seats. Um, oh, to be young. I know. But if you are, if you've got kids you want to bring, it's um, and it's suitable pretty much for all, all the family, I would say. Yeah, it was just brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Oh, that's great. And yeah, it felt, um, like I said, very authentic. Like when you were in Jamaica, it kind of felt warm. Like it felt like you were there. Like it, it captured that. And there was my cocktail this week is going to be inspired by Small Island because there's lots of references to rum, bringing rum over. They live in a boarding house in Mm -hmm. the second half in London and there's other Jamaican people there. And when someone comes over, they're like, oh, you didn't bring any rum over? They're all missing Jamaican rum and they're also missing. They're just saying how you can't get any fruit like guavas. Um, And so I thought I would do a guava and rum cocktail oh fancy yeah inspired by small island at the national theater so these are cutie patootie yeah so this is the small island and it's guava juice jamaican rum fresh lime juice splash of agave Mm -hmm. and that's it I love that it's pink. I just love anything pink. Yeah. I've been trying to make a pink cocktail. I remember I tried to do the Dirty Dancing one and it didn't quite turn oh, out yeah. as pink as I'd hoped. <gasps> this is actually pinker, but guava juice is so good. Well, it I would can... have done if mum had got you some watermelon. For God's sake, mum. We asked oh. you to do one thing is get watermelon in the middle of winter and you don't get it for us. Mummy bitch. <laughs> you total bitch. Yeah, this is good. I never really drink rum, um, but it's nice. It's not like my go. We're, we're tequila people, aren't we? Yeah, we are. But rum does make me think of summer barbecues, punch, like... Yes. It's a fun drink. Yeah, and this is... mm, You could see why, if you'd grown up with guava, moving to post-war London, rationing... And shit food. Yes, must have been... There's a really really good joke in it about the the fish and chips based... Oh, really? Yeah, it is really... It's such such a good play. I mean, I don't feel like I said that much about it, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, It's a rave review. It's, it's a rave. There's nothing more yeah. to say than it's so good. I just... you got someone who told mm. hate to base your people. Oh, no. I've got guava juice on my white t-shirt. That's oh. why I can't have nice things. <laughs> can't be trusted. Shall we talk about the next play I went to see? Yeah, you've been to see so much since I've been gone. 
Well, I just, this Saturday, I had no plans and I kept seeing on Instagram, um, like I saw like the Breaker Leggers who I follow, they went to see the collaboration and just said it's one of the best things they've seen. And I was like, oh, and then uh, I can't remember, I saw another post of someone saying this is incredible at the Young Vic and it all sold out basically. But I was like, oh, should I just go see that? So I called them uh, that morning the and Young said, Vic. the Young Vic, said, do you have any returns for the collaboration? And they did. 50 quid. It was a stall seat, but I thought, do you know what? I just, I really want to see it. Like, everyone's talking about it and I've got it in my head now that I've got to go see this. And then I read that it's got a Broadway transfer and a movie adaptation happening. So I'm like, oh, it must be pretty good. Hell so, yeah. And also the thing is Young Vic just makes such good shows and we, we kind of would always book the full season. So the fact that I kind of just snoozed on this one and missed it and Why now it's sold that out. Happen? Just because we have, I haven't, do you know what? They used to release the season in like a big year long season and we would just book everything. Yeah. Whereas they've been a bit slower. So this kind of got released separately after. Uh, they've trickled. Yeah. We did Oklahoma, but we didn't do this anyway. And we loved um, Young Vic. Some yes, of the best things think, we've seen. Fun Home, that amazing. Blood Wedding. Um, Oh my god, that blood wedding! Blood wedding was so good. They've done the um, the inheritance was epic. Uh, the writer of the inheritance, Rob, uh, Matthew Lopez, was at the theatre. I didn't see him, but I saw on his Instagram he was there the same day as me. Oh, cool! I know, back at the uh, Young Vic. So yeah, that stuff's incredible. I was like fifty pounds. Let's do it. Went to Saturday I love it. Matinee. Before I went away, I was like, should we book to see Drifters Girl or something? I'm not booking any more theatre, Alice. Like, I just yeah, I don't need want to, spend to any more money. like, I've moved house, I've bought this really expensive bed, and then I come back and you're like, I've been to see two shows. <laughs> <laughs> I already had Small Island booked, and this one was, yeah, I did it on a whim. So this is the collaboration, which is a play written by Anthony McCartan and directed by the artistic director of The Young Vic, Kwame Kwe Amar. It stars Paul Bettany. Who's Paul Bettany? Who's Paul Bettany? Paul Bettany's super famous. Why yes. don't I know who Paul Bettany is? Remember when we watched Master and Commander with Philip the other day? He oh, played... Paul Bettany. That's Paul Bettany Sorry. and he's in the Avengers movies, etc. So he plays Andy Warhol and then Jeremy Pope plays uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. And the collaboration is the famous collaboration between um, street artist Jean-Michel Basquiat and Andy Warhol in the mid-80s, I believe. Um, they had a very famous friendship Um which, I mean, I'm actually not that, like, I know who Andy Warhol is and I've seen Basquiat's work before, but I didn't really know the story of um, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Or really, I don't really know much about Andy Warhol, but so watching this was quite interesting. And obviously Andy Warhol is a really larger-than-life character. I mean, he was famous for being witty, sassy, sarky. So there's a lot of humour to be had, because to begin with, the, the, they don't really want to necessarily do the collaboration together. Jean-Michel Basquiat is the up-and-coming new street artist in his early 20s, kind of set in the art world on fire. And Andy Warhol maybe is a little bit dated now. He's been doing screen printing kind of for 25... He hasn't painted for 25 years at this point. He's sort of very set in his Andy Warhol style. And he's become, you know, a bit like a Damien Hirst. It's like a production line almost. He doesn't really do the work anymore. It's like made for him. He's he's kind of become very big. And maybe he's a bit old hat. So maybe he needs this new young influence. Mm-hmm. It's So they've got the same agent who okay. is kind of trying to get them together. And there's just, yeah, there's a lot of comedy to be mined from Andy Warhol as a character. And also from John michel Basquiat, who, although isn't sort of um, camp and sassy, is is an interesting, you know, he's a rebel. He's a young street artist. And so those two personalities working together create a lot of 
comedy and it's a play all about art the idea of you know what is art they talk a lot between them about what they consider art because they have very different styles obviously Andy Warhol's not painting anymore and he's just reproducing branded Campbell soup and McDonald's and that's kind of his mm. thing and that's sort of very opposed to what Jean-Michel Basquiat's doing which is more political and tearing down big corporations rather than just repurposing their logos and so they have a lot of interesting kind of arty discussions. I mean, I can't remember all the different sort of philosophical ideas and artistic ideas, but at the time I was like, oh, that's such an interesting concept. And the way they both explain their own work is really interesting. And it's it's very funny, but it also builds to quite an emotional... Um, there's an interesting idea about um, Basquiat's other kind of street artist friend who's not famous. He's still doing street art and he's being like terrorized by the cops while Basquiat's being paid $100,000 for a painting and that kind of juxtaposition he's got a fridge just full of cash he doesn't know what to do with all his money he um was a drug addict he died of a heroin overdose age 27 wow only a few years after Andy Warhol died he's quite reclusive he's quite he's a really interesting character I'm like dying to know more about him he um one of his early girlfriends was a then unknown Madonna what? Back in the day, yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, he's like a really interesting character. He wore Armani and Comme de Garçon suits while he painted and let them get covered in paint and then would sort of wear those. So he's he was like a very stylish, trendy character as well. So you can see how him and Andy Warhol kind of had this friendship and it's just very, it's very cool. And they both give brilliant performances. I was not um, aware of Anthony Pope and watching it, I was trying to work out, is he British or American? Because his accent is a flawless, but he is an American actor. His accent's flawless. Yeah, because he's American. I looked him up afterwards. Oh. And I thought I recognised the name. He's really famous. He's one of the only six people to ever be nominated for two Tonys in the same year for two different performances. What were those performances? One was for... One was for Ain't Too Proud, which was a musical, and the other was for a play... Can't remember the name of the play now. Okay. But I obviously haven't seen either of them. I don't know if this is his uh, UK theatre debut or not, but he's a big Broadway star. So obviously people in the know knew who he was, but yeah. I didn't. I knew who Paul Bettany was. Paul Bettany's great. Yeah. He does a really good Andy Warhol. Um, That's good casting. It I is, can see he's him doing. He's so, like in his jeans, he's so thin. I like can his see long him as legs, well. leather jacket, the big white hair. Um, yeah, they're both, and together they're really good. They have an amazing chemistry as well because, um, well, they had a, a great friendship. But Andy Warhol obviously was gay, and Jean Michel Basquiat, I think, was very fluid in his sexuality, or so sort of reports from his friends go. So there's like hinted at maybe a possible romantic connection, but maybe just a friendship connection. They don't go like too far on either way mm-hmm. on that one. Just, yeah, they had really good chemistry in, in many different ways. And again, it was really funny. The audience were loving it. The woman behind me was howling with laughter. Really? Yeah. But also going, oh, no. Oh my God, just like that girl at um, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, she was, but she was just like, she was so involved in it. So when some of the more serious stuff at the end, like the drug use, which obviously is shocking, she was like, oh no. She was just totally living for it. It's really short. It was two hours with an interval. So about an hour and 45 minutes of play. And I do feel that because it's these two powerhouse performances from two amazing actors, Paul Bettany, a pro, Anthony Pope, like this young, really talented actor, sort of both giving these 
famous characters' life and this it's a very intense working relationship between the characters in the play, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it might have been quite powerful to be a straight-through play. Mm. You know, sometimes when you just see... I'm thinking of, like, Rafe Spool did that play um, at the National... What was that called? The uh, England... I can't remember. And that was all the way through. And it was... I feel like if the two of them had... It would have felt quite epic at the end. To be like, these two actors have just gone balls to the wall. Whereas maybe having the interval... I I heard a couple of people at the interval. Everyone... It was a bit like, oh. Like, it was so short the first half. It was maybe under an hour... Oh, yeah, so just felt go very straight like, through. Maybe it's nice to have an interval and chat about it and stuff and the ideas that are coming up. Mm. But I feel like it would have been quite powerful at the end to be like, wow, we have just watched this. Been totally fixed on this. These two yeah. people in this intense working relationship. But yeah, I can see why it's getting a Broadway transfer. Like New York will eat this up because it's New York based. It's New York artist. It's New York yeah. art. It's these two amazing actors a Broadway actor and Paul Bettany obviously like this is going to be huge and on Broadway I wouldn't be surprised then if they I'm sure they'll both get Tony nominations for it it's one mm-hmm. of those kind of plays mm-hmm. it's going to do so well I can see why it's sold out but if you want tickets yeah where did you sit third row from the front right in the middle Ooh. so amazing absolutely amazing seats 50 pounds that's good the Young Vic's always so affordable, though your best seats are £50, do you know what I mean? And then they go, we usually go for like £10, £15, which is epic when you're like, we've seen an amazing play for basically nothing. I know. And even sitting in the circle, you always get a really good view. So get whatever seat you can to this. I think it is a really fun... How long do we have to see it? How long until it's all over? It runs until the 2nd of April, so not very long. It's a fairly short run, and I guess it's off to New York. So, yeah, do what I did, just call up and see if there are returns. Again, like Small Island, it's just a really good play, really well written. If somebody only had the opportunity to see one of these, which would you say go and see? Uh, For me, Small Island. Yeah. Just because of the size of it and the scale of it. And I feel like the story will stay with me because I mm-hmm. felt like I lived with those three characters throughout the war. You know, you mm. feel like you've lived with them. Whereas this was kind of two pop cultural figures sort of battling it out and talking about art and stuff and with some great funny lines and some, it makes me want to learn more about both of them. But um, Small Islands just like has that emotional punch that yeah. this doesn't have that. So Small Island obviously would be my choice over the two. But it's really good, a really sort of fiery... Do you feel um, really pleased that you got to see it? Yeah, and I'm glad I spent £50. And it's more than I'd usually spend, but actually it was really good. It was really worth it. When you go in at the beginning, they have a DJ. um, like, And so there's all like projections of New York in the 80s on the stage. And then there's a live DJ playing all 80s, like hip hop. But um, I really want to learn more about Basquiat. I need to like watch a documentary about him or something. One of his paintings sold in 2013, I think, for $101 million. Whoa. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And so sad that he died age 27. Um, yeah, but such an interesting character. I'm dying to know more about him, really. So if you want to see the collaboration at The Young Vic, you have until the 2nd of April, and your best chance is... There are some seats if you look through, but you're probably going to have to call the box office because... The performance I looked at said it was all sold out and I called and there were two seats available that day. And there's still quite a few dates with limited availability. So you can get tickets to this. And I would say it is it is worth it if you're looking and if you're at all interested in the art scene or anything like that. This is this is a really brilliant play. Great. God, I'm glad you've been to see two hits. Yeah. Um, we went to see a one night only musical concert though. Let's get back into musicals and not just musicals, but a musical oh, classic. One of our favourites. One of the best musicals ever written, which is Gypsy, which 
Stephen Sondheim, I think his second ever musical as lyricist, and Julie Stein, who did Funny Girl, wrote the music, book by Arthur Lorenz. And this was a staged concert of Gypsy. But the kind of twist they'd done here is that there was five, I believe, different actresses playing the lead role. Because this is one of those pieces where it's like an iconic role to play, like Mama Rose. And Mm -hmm. people, and by people I mean, you know, gays, have their favourite Gypsy. You know, is it Bette Midler? Is it Bernadette Peters? Is it Paddy Lapone? Is it Imelda Staunton? Is it original Ethel Merman? Ty Daly, Angela Lansbury. Has like... Elaine Stritch done this? No, no, Elaine Stritch never did it. See, it's the sort of thing I think she'd be good at. Angela Lansbury did it. Oh, I can see it on. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. So this is, you know, one of those shows where it's sort of the iconic women of of musical theatre have played and play this, continue to play this role, and so they've sort of taken. They're going to give us five, five different actresses doing it. They kind of take, took it in turns. So you get a rose for the first few scenes and songs, and then they sort of pretty much seamlessly another rose just comes on. And, and it was at Alexandra Palace, which has yes. been renovated. It's honestly so grand. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it absolutely is. the the facade, like inside, it's this exposed brickwork, and you, you can feel see like where the old circle used to be. It's part so of cool. The theater. Yeah, because it was the BBC owned it, and it, they just used that as a storeroom. That whole old theater, and they've restored it now. Perfect for Gypsy because it's set during the death of Vaudeville, like the end of Vaudeville. Rose and her kids are still trying to make it in the Vaudeville circuit, and it's it's basically it's done. Mm-hmm. And so to be in a dilapidated theatre, it was perfect. It's kind and of they had great seats, brilliant seats. They were, uh, yeah, they were like quite. They were towards the back, but actually really good, really good view, really good leg room. It's like modern seating. You know, it's like even though yeah. you're in an old theatre, you're not sat in velvet small tiny victorian chairs you're sat in brand new seats yeah and this production was directed by paul foster choreography by joanna goodwin and musical director was alex parker um, who conducted a 26 piece orchestra which the music for this just the overture is we were talking about this a few weeks ago weren't we that overture is just epic and to have full brass and strings the sound was so rich yeah, i was about to say rich is the word i'd use and to just describe it. big it was like they just really they were like, let's play it as loud also, as we can. Also, it's kind of cool being in somewhere with loads of fans. You know, like, this is a one night only concert. Yeah, so everyone there either loves Gypsy or loves the stars that are in it, or both. So should we, let's just run through them real quick. Yeah. We started with Samantha Spyro, who we both saw in Play Miss Adelaide in Guys and Dolls a few years we back. We did. She's a really funny comedic actress, so I was really looking forward to seeing her. And she did Some People at the beginning, which is the first big, yeah. Rose's first big I want number, a classic I want number. It's gutsy. And Samantha Spyro, a bit kind of similar to Imelda's style, in especially in her physicality, because she's small and she's like... A bit wiry. And scrappy. Yeah. And I thought she gave it really good, really good energy and fire. Yeah. Um who do we have after? I'm not... Oh God, do you know what? The programme, they didn't say which roses were doing which bit, which I think is a real miss. And they would have known that. They've been rehearsing it for weeks. Yeah, and it would have been nice because I'm now trying to remember what order each person came in. I think we had Nicola Hughes next and she bought a kind of a new quality that I've not seen. She was quite sensual and sassy, wasn't mm. she? She was quite... She sang with her when they when she first meets Herbie, you'll never get away from me. Yeah. And I thought she brought like a kind of a sexuality to Rose that I've not seen before. You could see, and you, that's important actually, because Herbie does have to kind of 
fall for her and you've got to feel that chemistry. Yeah, I'd have liked to have seen her just do the whole show. She got like a uh, sort of an applause just for one line. She, I can't remember what it was, but she gave him like a She put a, a different inflection line. on a line yeah. and, and it, it kind of changed the, the whole down. meaning yeah. and everyone went wild for it. She was great. And then I think next, I'm trying to think, Mr. Goldstone was, um, was it Melanie Nabari? who was in Anne Juliet. She played the nurse in Anne Juliet. Okay. She did Mr. Goldstone, which is like a comedy number. That was great. Really well choreographed. Yeah. Really good fun. That was fun. Who came next? What comes after Mr. Goldstone? I'm trying to think. I think we might have gone straight to Everything's Coming Up Roses with... um, Kiara, uh, Kiara Settle from The Greatest Showman. Oh, and that everyone gave her a huge round of applause when yeah. she came out. Well, you know, that, that movie's huge. And yeah. she's an American star coming over. Everyone else was British. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And she did a, an amazing performance. Like, her voice is... She's the bearded lady in the film, Great Showman. Yeah, she yeah. sings, This is who I'm meant to be. <laughs> she was also in the original um, Waitress. And her voice is brilliant. And that kind of brings down Act One. And that got People almost starting ovation. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Um, so then I think it was our last three in the second half. That I'm pretty sure that's right. We had Sally Ann Triplett and Rebecca Locke, who both did brilliant performances. Yes. Rebecca Locke we saw in Curtains and loved. Both fantastic. But really, Rebecca Locke brought a really good physical comedy to it. Because she had the number, I believe, when they're doing the... Um, uh, when she's doing the strip and she's standing on the side, kind of oh, acting out. Do you remember? And right. she just had a really good like physicality and stance as she was trying to like. She's trying to do the dance for her, yes. but she can't get on stage herself. And yeah, she's, but she's just trying to show her totally, how to do it. Totally, it's like she's miming along with the words. It's, yeah, you're right. That was really that was good. A good comedy performance. Great directing. Yeah. And then at the end of the show was Tracy Bennett who we saw in Follies. She did I'm Still Here, which was incredible. I saw her in MAME at the Hope Mill Theatre. And she's just like, every, you know, she's a musical theatre And it's a huge star. number. Like, it's, yeah. it's the big Rose's number that everybody's waiting one. for. Yeah. You can see everyone's kind of holding their breath. And she just... You kind of like when she comes on because she's so small. She's tiny. And also she's got such a raspy voice. It's yes. like she's smoked a million fags. You think, yeah, but you're like, God, is she going to do this? And you're like, oh, yeah. she she can do it. Because she just got, she's got that fragility, but also that power and that oomph. And it was kind of bonkers. It really Do you know was. what I mean? Because Rose's turn, you can do it in different ways. That's the number where people really put their spin on it. Because as Rose kind of, the and it goes a yeah. bit, a bit crazy, a bit, she starts to lose the plot a little bit. She's, yeah. everything's coming undone for her. Everything that she's worked for, you know. And you can play it as crazy as you want. Or well, you like Imelda play it. played it where she was, Imelda, I feel like she went from angry to feeling sorry for herself. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tracy Bennett was just absolutely losing. She the plot. has lost her shit. She is turling in the wind. Yes, she the is twer- like the way she was just skipping up and down like a I, mad woman. I was living for it. It was really good, and also it's a concert production. She's closing out all these different roses. You've got to go. Oh, she was having her moment go, and yeah. then some. Yeah, and even the way she ended it, like, just a classic, almost like a classic Judy pose. Yeah, like, you, just like she knew that their photographer was going to get that shot. Mm-hmm. Love her for that. She and was, she had yeah. a little fan base, like, you could see there were some diehard Tracy Bennett fans Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I'm one of them. Um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. Across the board, I think it was a really clever way to do it, to have all the different roses. You know, amazing as it would have been to, say, have Tracy for the whole thing. I kind of liked that no, we got... No, I liked that. Because it's almost like, yeah, we saw... 
five different productions of it. And you Especially when you know a show so well yes. and you know the music so well it's actually really fun to see someone come on and do their version of it i don't yeah, need to totally. i don't need to be like oh I, now i've lost the plot because a new a new rose has come on it's like no i know exactly what's happening mm-hmm. here whole supporting cast are brilliant as well um laura pip holford yeah. great voice everyone was really good great evening. um yeah a concert but again like full choreography and it's incredible that they do i I bet they did not have long to do this. Like, the budgets just don't allow. No, for, especially um, when you've got stars that big. Yeah, so I feel like to get all that choreography and all everything, it was really, really fun night. Really impressed. Um, you know what? I wasn't impressed with the much... Front of house. The front of house staff. And I don't care. I am going to absolutely, like, read them Drag for this. Them, I'm dragging them through. If you are going to, like, let people come in and give you all your vaccination statuses, ID and everything... If they can't leave, you need to say that to them before they've gone through all that process. You need to say, by the way, once you're in this building, you're not going out. Yeah. So the problem is, it's Alexandra Palace is mostly a venue. Like, they do gigs. gigs. They do big gigs. Comedy. Comedy shows, the darts. They do things like that. So it's one of those things where, like, and at a gig, when you're in, you're in. Because they don't want people, like, going out, giving their phone to their mate, coming back in with another ticket. People will chance it at a gig. Yeah. But I'm like, this is a gypsy concert. And we went in and we were like, oh, actually, we want to go get pizza from the restaurant that's on the other side of the building. And they're like, oh, you've got to go back outside. And we're like, but you can't go back outside. And then in the interval, they we were going to go <laughs> they... and use the loos down at that other bar. They had caged us in. They'd made like a little cage outside the front like of the Like we theater. were at Heathrow Terminal and they'd put up like some barrier tapes and be like, we're going to funnel all the traffic through this one door. Yeah. And also there was one loo which had a massive queue, but I could see on the other side of the atrium there was another toilet, but they were like, oh no, they'd like shut it off, which I understand because they wanted to keep the theatre section smaller. But I'm like, just make a little channel to that other loo because... It was just not run quite... They need to sort of work on their theatre. If they're going to start doing more theatre-y things rather than gigs, they need to just work on the theatre etiquette a little bit because it was a really special night. And they were just a bit like... And it didn't like have... Deer in headlights. It didn't really have that feeling. No. Of like a proper theatre-y thing. It felt a bit like, this isn't a gig. We're all... We had to see Tracy Bennett, darling. (laughs) So so some other um, gypsy news I saw on What's On Stage... Um, Joanna Riding is set to play Madame Rose in the upcoming Buxton revival of Gypsy. Oh, Joanna Riding, who I saw in when I saw Follies for the second time, she replaced Amelda when Follies came back to the National oh. the following year. She's great. We saw her in the pyjama game as well. That show is running from the 7th to the 24th of July for anybody that lives near Buxton. Oh, Gypsy is amazing. If you've never seen Gypsy, it's just an absolute You have classic. to go... Buxton's Absolute near, like, classic. Manchester, I think. Is it? Or Yorkshire. My terrible. But... Me too, it's up north. But Joanna Riding's um, amazing. She'll be so good at it. And that's so at the good. Buxton International Festival. So next week, I'm going to go and see Come From Away. Yeah. So I'll have a review of you for that. I've booked to see it again. Have you? Yeah. I booked um, in the London Theatre Week um, offer that was running. It would probably be finished by the time we drop this pod. But I got tickets for, I think we spent 35 quid tickets for sort of back of the stalls going at the end of April, I believe. Okay, great. Well, let's, I'm going, I'm going, I think I'm sitting on the side of the stalls yeah. for £15. So I'll, I'll take photos and like. I'll let you know. Yeah. Such a good show. I can't I think wait. you'll really like it. And then we should try do Ocean at the End of the Lane. Um, it runs for a few more months, but I really, really want to see it. Yeah, okay. Um, let's do that. That just sounds very cool. And is there anything else I thought? No, those are the, that's the one. Ocean at the end of the lane. I is do like the really next want to see one. Drifter's Girl before it closes. I just don't. 
Well, I think you're gonna you're gonna see it, and you'll watch Beverly Knight, and you'll see her do oh, an look, incredible moment, yeah, performance, and you'll Beverly go, start, "I'm so glad I went and see of this." Of course, the moment Bev starts singing, you're always like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, because her voice is like no one else's, really. No, and the thing is, I I just want to hear her sing. I don't really even That's care true. about the play. That's true. Her voice is just... It always sounds like a recording. Yeah, right? it does. Do you know what I mean? She is just so flawless. Yeah. Love Bev. Okay, fine. Love Bev. But we need to um, find some good deals on that. They well, have they their own lottery. Seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we will try and... I've said I'm not buying any more theatre tickets, but... <laughs> I mean, we do a theatre podcast, so I better. Let's... What we're going to do tonight, Oscar, we're going to... Now we finish this. Um, what should we watch? Let's watch Will and Grace, and also let's eat Millions. Millions? Have you got millions? Yeah, I bought millions. I bought the blue ones and I bought the pink ones. That reminds me of being at school. We used to watch The Village and get minions. Yeah. Uh, millions, millions, millions. Minions. Mm. That's a fun night plan. Will we ever stop watching Will and Grace? <laughs> no. It's like a 30 year old show and it, it's our go to. It's, it's comfort food. <laughs> it really it? is. It's so funny. So that's what we're going to go do. Thanks for listening to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. And hopefully we'll be back soon with Alice's review of Come From Away. Will she enjoy it as much as I did? Oh, I'm also going to see Ballet Boys soon. So um, That's exciting. Where is yes, that? Sadler's Wells? Sadler's Wells. Okay, great. Love Ballet Boys. Great. Well, thanks for everyone. Please leave a review, rate it, and yes. also follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye.